Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. You're listening to Lunchtime Live on News Talk with Andrea Gilligan. 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us in the show today. Now, author and disability rights campaigner Geraldine Lavelle got the keys to her new home back in May, but a lack of care staff has actually put a halt to the move. Geraldine is with us on the line today. Geraldine, will you just tell us, I suppose, the, uh, the background to this situation, first of all? Um, yeah, no problem. So I had a spinal cord injury in 2013. I um, subsequently became paralysed from the chest downwards. I was 27 years age at the time. So I, when I moved from the hospital setting, I had no choice but to move to a Cheshire facility in Sligo. So I'm originally from Castlebar. But I was I'm living in Sligo for the past nine years. So when I moved into the Cheshire facility, it was meant to be for three months, and unfortunately, that has now, as I said, turned into just over nine years. So this October, I will be ten years paralysed, and unfortunately, in that length of time, I haven't been able to move into my own home, into the community, which was the original plan when I was leaving the hospital. Tell us a little bit about the um, the Cheshire facility, first of all. It's a residential centre, is that right, Geraldine? Yeah, so it's a residential setting. There is a number of individuals, all with different disabilities, different backgrounds, living within this one uh, bungalow. So everyone has, there is a communal sitting room, but everyone has their own individual studio apartment. So you have a bed set and uh, a kitchen area. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's fine. It does the job from people transitioning, you know, to a new life. So as I, I became disabled, so I had to relearn everything from getting up in the morning to getting dressed to, you know, being strong enough to go out and push by myself to eventually relearning how to drive and get back to employment. So I documented all that, as you said, in, in my book, Weathering the Storm. Um, that was a year ago now. Um, but this journey of trying to fight for my basic rights, which are, you know, my right to my own home, which I have achieved, that was ongoing since 2017. And my home became ready this, this at the start of this year. So that was a long journey in itself. And then I had to fight for a care package. So initially, I was being told that I was going to be, my hours were going to be reduced from 47, which I received in a residential setting, to 41 living on my own in the community, which is kind of ridiculous in itself because obviously, if it's 47 here now, you know, being reduced, that doesn't make sense when I'm trying to become as independent mm. and live on my own. So, um, yeah, so that went on for a number of months. And finally, um, I, through a lot of perseverance, stress, health problems, I got 56 hours um, with the help of politicians, advocates, constant emails. And so then that, that was approved in May of this year 
And it literally felt like I had just won the lottery. When I saw that email telling me I had 56 hours, that meant finally I can live in my own home. And, and that, was, that, package, was, that was, Geraldine, sorry to cut across you, but that was, um, am I right in saying, like, who allocates that 56 hours? Is that through the council? Is it through the HSE? Who... The HSE. Through the HSE. So that was to facilitate, that was to allow you basically to move out of a residential um, centre in County Sligo to move back to your own home area near your family, near your friends and to give you independent living again. But that for 56 hours in the week, you would have the support of a personal assistant. Exactly, exactly. That's it. So what happened? Did you get that? What happened? So all was in place. I'd been working with a care a care provider. So the HSE um, then outsources um, private companies like, for example, IWA, Home Instead, different to provide the care. So I'd been working with a care provider, which I named in the Irish Times because I was extremely disappointed. Um, I received an email. So we had uh, we had shadowed their staff had shadowed Cheshire staff in my home in Castlebar. We had spent months, um, you know, interviewing staff, uh, filling out clinical records, meeting with um, their nurses. You know, there was a, a big procedure. It doesn't happen overnight. And then out of the blue, I got a received, so I hadn't heard from them in over a week. And I received an email on a Friday evening telling me due to staff, one staff member resigned. We no longer can provide. We're no longer in a position to provide your care. You know, good luck in the future. All the best. And I was just sat there looking at this email on a Friday evening, expecting next week I was going to be doing another night or two shadowing. And then eventually I was going to move out to the centre. So yet again, I was back to square one. So I had been working with that, that care provider since November of last year. And then on the 28th of July, I receive this email. So where does that leave me? Back to square one with the HEC, I suppose, once again having to put my care package out to, it's called Tender. Tender, basically, So somebody else that another that another organisation would effectively, um, if they have the resources or whatever, they, they would take you on basically as, as their client, I suppose, in, in not so many words, or, you know, patient or whatever, not yeah. patient, but yeah. client is probably, client, yeah, 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 that you, you would yeah. fall under their, their umbrella. And when you got back onto the HSE to say that the initial provider that, um, you know, you, 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 you've been assigned to say they can't do it because... Um, of staffing issues or resignation, have have the HSE come back to you to say they've found another group? They haven't found another group. No, they've they've put it out there and they've sent out referrals and requests or whatnot. But again, how long is that going to take? And what is going to happen if, and a big possibility, a company's going to come, they're going to come back and say, look, due to staff shortages, we don't, we can't provide this care. Where does that leave me? Paying rent in Sligo, paying electricity in Sligo, paying rent, electricity, bins, um, my home alarm system, all that in Castle Bar as well. And, you know, that's that's just an impossible feat. I've been doing it for the last month or so. Um, but 
sure ha- I can't do that long term. Mm. And also, you know, getting your hopes up constantly to be dashed, that takes its toll, first of all, on your mental health. And that obviously impacts your, your physical health. I've had so many, you know, unnecessary infections and whatnot in the last couple of months. And that's it's a large part is down to stress. You know, you're, you're, you're facing these day-to-day challenges uh, of emails and, get, you know, fighting the system. And it shouldn't be fighting the system, but unfortunately, it is. And and so many people don't see this part, you know, the very hidden, horrible aspect of, of having um, a disability and these barriers and roadblocks that are put in place of people just in, in pursuit of their basic independence and dignity. Mm. And I... I not knocking the help I receive in the Cheshire, like the staff are, are lovely, they're so accommodating, you know, and they're trying to, they're trying to as well keep me positive and just say, look, just keep going, keep going, you're nearly there. But 10 years of, of trying, it, you know, what, how, when does nearly there become just living in your home? And I look at my friends, my family, you know, they're, they're, they're achieving promotions and work, they're achieving families, like, you know, standard aspects you would expect. But I'm just literally fighting just to live in a home, in my own house. And, you know, imagine imagine how much energy I could be using in other other aspects. Mm. You know, I said I, I wrote a book, but I'd like to pursue other aspects. Yeah. I, I taught for a while, I lectured in IT Sligo. But there was just so much else going on. That was for two years. But there was just so much else going on um, that I just couldn't maintain all this. But if I just had my own corner, my own spot, my care coming in day to day, you know, my life would be so much, so much happier. And maybe that would impact positively on my health. The, the the difference between Geraldine just I'm just trying to give I suppose get an insight into you know exactly the kind of support um, and assistance that you know that 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 you require the difference in having forty two personal assistance hours versus fifty six can can you just explain in practical terms what that means? Well, they were they were explaining to me the HSC that with forty two hours and assistance of technology, for example, ordering online, getting your shopping delivered, for example, you know, that it was possible to live on your own. But I order stuff online anyway. You know, I eat dinners that have been batch made and frozen in in a fridge. Like, you know, I'm living on 47 hours, but it gives me the bare essentials. It's not it's not living a luxurious life, but it I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting by. But to cut that back to 42, I uh, I knew it wasn't feasible. And, you know, that's why I kept going and kept going with it. Um, and then eventually when my consultant wrote a letter explaining that if I was released, released, I don't know what the word is, but sentenced community living on these 42 hours, it was there was a very high possibility that I would develop a secondary condition, for example, a spine, um, a pressure sore, or um, a really bad infection, and end up 
in an acute hospital setting, which would cost the HSE so much more. I know a person who ended up with a, a purchaser and spent months, like we're talking 18 months in a hospital environment because of that purchaser. So long term, it makes so much more sense to provide the person with the adequate care in their home and just keep them healthy and you know that's that's what I was just trying to achieve really for myself like yeah. Geraldine, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, no, 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 no. You did. You, yeah. you did because, like, I know when people hear hours and figures, and you know, it, it might mean an awful lot to a lot of people. But like, to hear the difference of what that means to you personally, you know, like it's it's it's, for, for, it's, for, it's enormous. It is, yeah. Do you feel it's, like your ten years, Geraldine? It's ten. It's ten years, nearly. It's approaching ten years. Um. So, yeah, since it happened. Since October, yeah. yeah. Like, do you feel, um, how do you feel? Um, I'm, I'm quite a positive person in myself. Um, and, you know, I've tried really hard and I've gotten as much, gained as much independence as possible. But the last number of months have really taken its toll because I'm just worried that, you know, at the minute this is in the spotlight in the media and the HEC are, are trying their best to, to organise the care. But what if, you know, once all this uh, attention dies down and they just give me the same story, like we can't provide the care, you know, we're doing our best, which is fair enough. But why, what's that, where's that going to leave me if I'm left for another six months, another year here? You know, my health is going to deteriorate. It has. There's no point saying it hasn't. Like, it takes a toll, this constant being revved up, planning your move, planning to be with friends, family, and then being told, look, you're not, you're, we can't provide this. Mm-hmm. I have to arrange transport once a week to go to Castlebar to see my friends, to see my family. You know, I have a network in Sligo, but I, I want my own comforts of my own home, my privacy, my dignity. You know, it's, I'm, I'm quite stressed, to be honest, yeah. at the minute. I don't blame I've you. I've weight. I don't blame yeah. you, Like it's you're you're really in limbo at the moment, aren't you? Limbo, yeah, and limbo. It's been limbo for the past number of years. Yeah. And once I thought my house was established and my care package was, you was, could move on and look uh, forward. To it. Yeah, I just wanted to close that chapter. Mm. Ten years, yeah. finish, start a new one, start something fresh. Like people with spinal cord injuries, there's no point beating around the bush. I'm a very practical person. You don't have. Um, <laughs> as much of uh, life expectancy as somebody. So I just want, you know, peace and my own corner um, and just try and move on really and move forward and help others who are in a similar situation. Like Mm. why should people like myself be left in residential settings when there's homes available? You know, who's going to take responsibility? You know, why is there such limitations on PA budgets? And, you know, what can be done? How can how can this be changed? We just need a can-do approach. So I'm being told they can't do it, the IWA, but who can? Or what other resources have the HEC available to make this a reality for myself and many, many others? Mm. You know, What's, um, I can, can I ask you, Geraldine, how, how did your spinal cord injury come about? I had a road traffic accident, a cycling accident, 
um, in 2013 before work. And um, yeah, so, uh, sorry, excuse me. I was taking a drink of water. No, take your time. Um, so I a road traffic accident and I went from being a healthy, strong, independent person who was working in a healthcare company. I spent eight years in university. I graduated with um, an honours degree in neuroscience um, a, a research master's. I had began working, and then you know the the what's the word the unimaginable ha- happened to myself, and I had to relearn everything from the beginning. And it's been an enormous personal battle to get to where I am, and just to be even strong enough to talk about my 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 personal business on on air and I don't want that and many people don't want no. to bring it to the media but but unfortunately you're left with no other no other option it's a constant fight you know Geraldine you're a very positive person do you know even in in light of like <sighs> everything chatting to you today if you're, you're you're very positive um and I I look we'll I, I, not no. that we can do anything our end but certainly we'll reach out to the the health service and and ask them and see if there's any updates you know with regards to your situation or will there be any change or movement to it but look I I really appreciate your time Geraldine and I I wish you well for the future yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah. a million. Thank you for highlighting. Not at all. Not at all. Listen, t- take care of yourself and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll okay. chat again soon. That's uh, author and disability rights campaigner Geraldine Lavelle. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.